your breathing is truth. Like um, if you think <laughs> about it, you know, truth is one of these things that a lot of people go, well, is it true for me? Is it true for other people? And it, 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 it's everything. It's, um, you know, everything is a half truth. Like it can be right for each, each person. <laughs> but if you think about your body and you think about your, your mind thinks, your heart pumps, you know, your blood circulates and you breathe. Your breathing is a truth. So if you can come back to something as simple as your breathing, I've found personally I get every answer I ever need when I can sit and focus on my breathing. Welcome to the Get Invested podcast, where we share great conversations with experts from all walks of life to uncover their secret know-how and where they invest their time, their skills and their money and the benefits that this has created. You see, The truth is that everyone invests every minute of every day. We're investing our time, our skills, our energy, and our money in something. Some of us are investing consciously, some unconsciously, sometimes for good, sometimes for bad, and sometimes for no impact. Get Invested will help you to start living by design, not by default. I'm going to help you to make it happen, not let it happen. You'll hear the top tips on how you can live with conscious intent so that you can live more, work less and leave a living legacy by investing now listen to the show to discover the top tips on how to get started make the most of your investment journey and ultimately to be living your dream not someone else's more episodes can be found on itunes or at bushymartin.com.au forward slash get invested thanks for listening and now let's get invested Freedom Fighters, how long have you been searching for something that will help you with all of life's challenges? That thing that will reduce your stress, anxiety, fear, and help you feel safe and in control, all in an uncertain world that keeps changing at an accelerating speed and just seems to demand more and more of us. So how can we create some space and regain control of our lives? Well, many of us spend lots of time and money doing courses, buying books, getting mentors and coaches, taking holidays and retreats, going to conferences. And while all of these are good and have their place, few of them have lasting impacts because the urgencies of day-to-day life just keep getting in the way. Now, some of us numb the pain of stress and anxiety by band-aiding it with alcohol, drugs, or distracting ourselves with Netflix binges or mindlessly scrolling through our Facebook or Insta feeds. And all good in the instant, but merely distractions that lead to destructions long term. So how often do you go searching for new external and often sophisticated and time-consuming and often costly solutions to your problems when the subtle and often simple answer is right there in front of you staring you in the face. We just can't see it. So what if the foundation to our immediate and future well-being and our sustainable success in all aspects of our life was sitting right under our nose? Something that's always been there but we take for granted. We overlook it. And we don't believe or even realise that something so simple could provide the key to all of our ills. Now while you ponder that, Let me ask you some questions from another angle. When was the last time you were aware of your breathing? 
apart from doing a meditation or gasping for breath from physical exertion, I mean stopping and focusing on your breath and breathing during the day. Chances are, rarely if ever. Now, breathing is the first thing that we do when we're slapped on the bum when we enter the world, and it'll also be our last. But in between times, our breathing is generally on autopilot. But unlike our heartbeat or other bodily functions, our breath is the only critical life force that we can directly influence and control. Our breath will quite happily keep us alive without us thinking about it. But we are able to speed it up, slow it down, breathe through our nose or our mouth, or a combination of both. We can breathe deep or shallow, or breathe long or short. We can hold our breath. And there are many combinations and variations of the above, all within our direct control. So what, you might be thinking? Well, here's what I respond. Controlling your breathing can change and transform your life. Let me share with you my personal experience of this. Many years ago, I was a chronic punctured asthmatic. I really struggled to breathe. And I often sounded like an untuned set of bagpipes as I wheezed and croaked through the day. I had no energy. I struggled with any form of exercise. And I spent much of my time in bed gasping for air. Now, in those days, <laughs> I'm starting to sound like an old man now. In them olden days, the treatment for asthma was to breathe in deep through your mouth, almost hyperventilating, and to take puffs of multiple ventilator treatments, which were called Ventolin and Becketide in those days. And I had to take them three times a day through an aerator. I looked like the nerd version of the Milky Bar Kid if you're old enough to remember back that far, and it cost an absolute fortune with quite limited results. Then I heard about the Buteyko breathing technique, and with a lot of scepticism, I signed up to the week-long course. And Buteyko's solution was so simple that at first I didn't believe it. You see, Buteyko was a Russian scientist who studied asthma, and he found that prior to ventilators and drugs... The old treatment for asthma was to breathe shallowly through your nose into and out of a paper bag. And it worked because controlling shallow breathing stabilised the oxygen, the nitrogen and the carbon dioxide levels in your bloodstream. He worked out that as we have become a generation of mouth-breathing hyperventilators, most of us often have too much oxygen in our systems and the only way the body can reduce it is to produce mucus in the lungs and to swell the lung walls. And voila, you've got an asthma attack. So controlled nose breathing, on the other hand, balance our bodies and removes the need for the asthma body response. So all I had to do was to start breathing shallowly through my nose and no more asthma. And if I felt my chest tightening, I just held my breath and the symptoms disappeared. Now I didn't and I couldn't believe it. I spent a week sleeping with duct tape over my mouth to retrain myself to breathe through my nose. And since then, I threw the ventilator inhalers away and I haven't had an asthma attack in nearly 30 years. This was miraculous and life-changing for me. I came to appreciate that controlled breathing was the key and intuitively and accidentally since then, I've been controlling my breathing spasmodically to regulate stress and anxiety levels, energy levels, relaxation, you name it, so that I could feel more in control 
calm and confident. And I can honestly say that controlled breathing along with continuous mental and physical discipline that this requires has been a foundation stone for the success that my wife Sonia and I have, have and continue to enjoy in all aspects of our life since then. Breathing builds happy habits that are the foundation of the independent well-being triangle of your self-development, your health development and your wealth development. But until now, my breathing has been more of an accidental experience than an articulated practice. And then recently, more by good luck than good fortune, while going down rabbit holes on the web, I stumbled upon today's guests. Angie and Shane Saunders are world leaders in the scientific art of transformative breathing techniques and how to use them to start enjoying success in all areas of your life. Angie and Shane are co-owners of the life-changing business Breathe Me. They're authors of the award-winning book Three Lessons on How to Lower Stress Naturally and they're co-hosts of their Breathing Edge podcast. You can check them out on www.breatheme.com. You see, after spending hundreds of thousands of dollars of, on life and business education, all with the aim of creating a life worth living, along with studying with leading breath experts such as Wim Hof, Dr. Blyser Vranich, and Dan Brulé, they've adopted and refined daily breathing techniques to allow them to master their own personal energy. They credit daily breathing techniques for helping them build a health and wellness business that yielded a six-figure income within the first year. And from there, they'd moved into residential real estate investing, commercial real estate projects, business investments, mindset consulting, and authoring their award-winning book. They've since set their business life up to give them the freedom to work from home and be present for their children. And while they don't have to create a business around teaching others to use advanced breathing techniques... It's something they feel compelled to do. You see, now that they're enjoying the fruits of their success, like my wife Sonia and I, their lives are now dedicated to helping others achieve, achieve peak performance. Because what they've discovered is nothing short of phenomenal. A solution, a simple method that doubles your energy and joy and helps you achieve peak performance in all areas of your life. They realise it's possible to unleash energy trapped by tension. And it all comes down to one thing. Yep, you guessed it, breathing. Now, it sounds too simple, but therein lies the beauty. Achieving your peak performance is not mysterious or evasive, costly or complex. It's actually much easier than you realise. It's simply a matter of having the head, the heart and the gut working together in harmony and breathing is a tool that makes all of this happen. They've invested thousands of hours and many thousands of dollars studying and trialling multiple disciplines, but nothing has proven as effective or powerful as their breathing techniques that helps them to shift physical and mental energy fast. They've found that adopting their breathing techniques into your everyday life will help you to release tension, energise your body, activate the unused brains in the heart and the gut, and give you an energised body that's both powerful and intelligent. They believe, and their own lives continue to demonstrate, that breathing is the gateway drug to success, all without the headache, the hangover, or the come down. And what they share and how they can help you is not new. In fact, it's ancient, but it's been forgotten. So they've reinterpreted their universal laws of breathing 
as the key life force ingredient to make transformative breathing techniques relevant to our time. All in a language and in a way that we can easily and quickly adopt into our day-to-day lives. Now I know what you're thinking. Come on, Bushy, pull the other one. This sounds way too simple and way too obvious to be true, doesn't it? And there lies the secret. The best solutions are always the simplest, not the other way around as we've been led to believe. So in my humble opinion, you can't afford to ignore or fail to adopt Shane and Angie's words of wisdom. Now, this is going to be one of those really rare episodes that's going to leave you feeling really positive and energised, a real feel-good session. You'll feed off Angie and Shane's passion and energy fused with great knowledge and wisdom. And the episode's jam-packed full of gold across the full spectrum of self-development, health development and wealth development. Great wisdom combined with great immediately actionable takeaways in many aspects of your life. And listen out for how they both openly and audibly breathe throughout the show. They repeatedly demonstrate how they use their breathing to power their insights. Now, I've come to learn over the years that breathing is to your body what money is to your wealth. They are both life-giving fuels for freedom and fulfilment. And if you adopt the same controlled approach to breathing as you do to your health and your wealth, you'll enjoy freedom and fulfilment in all aspects of your life. But it all starts by consciously controlling and managing your breathing. So, take a deep breath and enjoy this energising and oxygenating ride with Shane and Angie Saunders. Welcome, Freedom Fighters. Now, have you ever noticed that the solutions to many of life challenges can be found right under our nose? And they often seem so simple and basic that they just can't possibly be the answer. Well, I've found this to be true of breathing. And from personal experience, I can share with you that how you breathe and how you modulate it can absolutely transform your life. So when I stumbled across Shane and Angie Saunders, who have transformed the art of breathing into a success science, I got really excited. So welcome, and let's get invested, Shane and Angie. Thank you, Bushy. (laughs) That was a great intro. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I've been very excited about this for a while, and and, uh, I think there's some sensational messages that the listeners are just going to prick their ears up to and go, wow, I never thought of this. Uh, but without stealing your thunder, uh, for those that haven't heard of you and what you do, can you give us a bit of a rundown on how that looks for you at the moment and where you're heading? Yeah, so as far as um, where – so, whoa. <laughs> I love that what? breathing in the background. Good work, guys. Which, and, yeah. <laughs> we, always, we always take a breath before we answer anything. Yeah. Cool. There's there's lesson number one. Yes. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> Sorry I interrupted, guys. Go. No, that's great. So, look, we've, we've been working the last three years on how can we simplify the process of breathing that's going to deliver the biggest bang for buck for somebody who's 
uh, busy and needs uh, to experience a shift or a change in perspective. Well, well, also, also what it comes down to is that your breathing is just something that, you know, a lot of people think it's just something I do. It's for survival. You know, I breathe to, to stay alive. I mean, mm. some people don't even think about breathing to stay alive. Mm. Um, and what tends to happen is your breathing drifts. And, you know, when you drift, that's the first thing that, that then um, begins the uh, kind of the downward slope into, you know, you start drifting on your habits. You start drifting on your um, your duties. Maybe you, you drift on the self-discipline you have. You know, you start to drift on many things. And, and we totally believe that it, that it starts with your breathing. Mm. And, and so if, you know, breathing is so fundamental to us, and at the same time, it's something that people don't put much awareness on because it's an automatic <laughs> type of thing. Mm. So, you know, we're big advocates of taking it out of automatic and putting it into manual drive and mm. reclaiming all these benefits and magic that comes from you being able to, you know, drive your breathing mechanism as such. Well, it's life force energy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm really going to love diving into that in detail. But be- before we do that, guys... Just so that the uh, listeners sort of appreciate the journey that you've been on, can you take us through what you've invested your time, your energy and your money in, probably individually, and go back as far as you'd like, and then when you came together and, and where that's led you to and how that's got you to where you are now, really, as the as the breathing gurus in Australia? <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> I, I, my, my journey kind of like uh, my biggest disruption or failure of breathing happened when I was in my 20s and I was, I aspired to be a, a singer, actor, dancer. Uh, I was right in the middle of my big shot. I was like, I was semi-finalist for the Pussycat Doll Show. It came to my uh, solo performance and the big spotlight and the three judges were in front of me and the cameras were everywhere and I went to go start singing and my I was so disconnected to my breathing that I started to experience anxiety and a bit of a panic attack and I completely went off the timing of my singing with the music and um, I got stopped in the middle and kicked off that night <laughs> and 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 as as much as as much as that that um, uh, I, I actually saw it as a celebration. To be honest, even when I was not, I mean, kicked off the show is a bit dramatic, but for me, <laughs> you for, were kicked for, off. For, 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 for me, it was like it was not my path. And I, in hindsight, I also felt that way too in the moment where it wasn't my path. I'm not a big drama queen, like you know, I don't really belong on um, reality TV show. <laughs> <laughs> but I, it was a very valuable lesson, uh, and I realized I wanted to get out of the entertainment business from that moment. Yeah, so you, so you you were celebrating your head then, or in reflection you've celebrated because you uh, now realized that that wasn't your path, or what were you no. feeling at the time? Look, I, I kind of at the, at the time I remember coming home with my bags at two o'clock in the morning and and realizing that I didn't even make it to like day three. And I, I remember going like, "Wow, that I'm, I'm, I felt relieved actually because mm. I felt there was there was a lot of pressure. I was putting a lot of pressure on me." And so, was that pressure uh, from yourself or your parents or yeah. your peers? Where, where yeah. was that coming from? 
Nah, it's totally pressure from me. Ever since I was in, I, I remember it was year nine and year 10. Um, it was like, I'm going to be on the billboards, I think, because I wanted people to like me. So I realized that, that being on the billboards and being on the stage was not really a great strategy for people to like me. Mind <laughs> 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 you, a lot, of, a lot of people go down that pathway for exactly that. But it's, it's really an expression of, of, and I'd say this because I was a bit that way myself as a, as a youngster and wanted to, yeah. you know, I thought what fame and fortune was what it was all about yeah. and you put yourself in these really stressful situations uh, looking for accolades so that you, someone can tell you you're okay so that you perhaps you start believing you're okay yourself was that was that part of it Angie yeah yeah that was that was exactly it and um, it was interesting because that actually came out kind of like in the wash when I moved here to Australia so fast forward you know about five minutes four, that might have been three, three or four years and, and came to Australia um, because I met this man here and uh, we, we I moved here, I was here six months, uh, we got married after being here for six months just after, so we, you know, we were moving really quickly. Yep. And then I was pregnant six months after that. And Shane and I had talked a lot about, you know, um, you know, what is it that I want to do? Because I wanted my whole life to be in the entertainment business. And now what? Mm. And so that was the conversation that was really in my face. Um, and, and then we, you know, we, we tried going into diving deep into self-help and also business education, giving me something to focus on or something to do, you know? So, you know, I spent 10 years at landmark education. I did years of, um, you know, therapy and, and, and things not for, not for getting, getting kicked off the pussycat doll show, but for, (laughs) you know, life reasons, you know, and, and what I found is it wasn't actually until we started diving deep into breathing breathing and started doing the work um, that that it was like all the cognitive work that I have done by studying and learning and such was great you know like I knew what I had to do but there was a missing between knowing it and feeling it was completed mm, so I just just sort of backtracking there a little bit am, am I sensing that you fell in love with Shane and we can understand that Shane and uh, you came out to Australia, foreign country, no family support, no friends. Suddenly you've yeah. got a baby in your arms, uh, yeah. no routine, don't feel like you've got any control, don't feel apart from saying you've got much support. I can yeah. see that leading to uh, postnatal depression or similar oh, yeah. types of exercises. Am I picking this right? Is that is that pretty much where you got to and, and hence oh. why you started down that personal development path? Yes, a hundred percent. That's exactly what happened. How did you know? (laughs) (laughs) That was, and of course, Shane in his usual fashion, you know, he'll hear his side in a moment, but he, he was very, he's always very driven to, to taking self to the next level or feeling better. And he knows that if I'm happy, he's happy. So, you know, if I'm, (laughs) <laughs> throwing pieces of toast across the room, you know, he's not going to enjoy life either. So. <laughs> she did throw toast at me I did. one day. <laughs> I was, was it nice uh, one, mate? Was it, a, was it a nice piece of toast? Yeah, butter, butter on <laughs> and a Vegemite on it too. I <laughs> 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 oh, I love it. That's awesome. Yeah, okay. So I, I can see where that, that – and I, I will come back to why the breathing piece in a minute. And perhaps now, yeah. now is the right time for Shane. Yeah. If you can sort of in parallel sort of take us through yeah. your journey from way back when and then we'll come back to this point and then look at mm. how breathing came up on the radar and, yeah. and what made yeah, you sort so of go down that route. 
I, I left I left school like really where things started for me is I left school early. I, I just did not see um, school and the education system as as somewhere that was going to advance me. I always had this um, I don't know what it was. It was a cute. I, I would say curiosity at the time. Now looking back, it was more intuition than anything. But curiosity at the time of. Um, how things could be better, but I also didn't know what direction I wanted to go in. And so my dad was in the military, my uncle was in the military, so I thought that th- there's a way of being able to get out of the the, um, the the life that I was in at home. And, you know, my childhood wasn't, you know, it wasn't a horrible childhood. I had a, a fairly, um, you know, average-type childhood. My, my parents weren't wealthy or anything like that. They didn't invest. They didn't, they didn't really have any... Um, uh, financial sort of literacy, uh, uh, which was which mm. is a big thing that I look back at now. Mm. Um, and so I joined the military young. I joined at sixteen. Uh, I was actually working at McDonald's before that. I got a job as early as I could. I remember, um, you know, I was uh, washing up dishes while other people were doing their VCE and stuff. I was still at school, but I was staying at the job till midnight, washing up dishes and taking on late shifts. Okay. Um, you know, earning money. And, and I like that. I was like, oh, hey, this is way better than sitting in the classroom, <laughs> yeah. um, you know, earning money. So um, get, getting, getting into the military was interesting for me. I, I um, you know, I was, I, was in, I was in trouble a lot in the military. And I was, <laughs> you I was asked too in, many questions? Is that what you didn't yeah, sort of blindly <laughs> take the orders? Is that, is that the was, reason? Well, you know what? The other thing, Bushy, was uh, that I, I was always questioning why things were done a way that was inefficient. Like I was like, why, why do we do these things in here? They're so inefficient. Or why are the, the processes, like even some of the ceremonial stuff, I was like, why? Like what's the, what's the point of us, you know, doing certain things that seemed really antiquated or seemed really that they, that they had no point? Mm. Um, and so, you know, that questioning sort of, and look, I had a long career. I was in there for 13 years. Wow. And, um, wow. and, and, and despite, despite the length and, um, and my, you know, propensity to get into, into trouble all the time and be confined to base and all these sorts of things, I kind of moved through and I moved through into a very specialized category in the military, which was physical training. Um, you know, I, I just, it was the pinnacle of where I was at the moment. So I'm naturally always want to climb to the top of the hill or wherever I am. Um, you know, to get the view or to see that there's another hill that you've got to climb. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's, often, that's often how it happens. Um, so so for, from there, the next the next hill for me or the next thing that I saw in the military was special forces was the, the next thing. Um, you know, the attraction to special forces for me at the time was that, um, you know, high intensity, uh, the the other thing, the other attraction was, is that it wasn't like the normal military. There was a there was a lot more freedom, but with that freedom, also came a lot more responsibility. And it was a responsibility bit that I didn't quite know how to handle mm. um, as much. And and you know, I'll I'll come back to that when when I get mm. further because I had a lot of hindsight from that. Okay. So. Um, Going through the special forces training, I went through the SAS um, selection course, which is wow. a, a grueling process. Um, I trained for two years before that by myself to to the level to get me through that course unscathed. At the end of that whole process, 
um, I was asked to come back because I'd come across from the Navy. I didn't have the field experience that, that a lot of the other um, operators that were on the, the course with me had. So they said to me, look, come back, go go for 12 months to the commando uh, regiment, learn the field experience, come back, and then um, we'll put you onto the, the rest of the reinforcement cycle. But by the time I'd got through the course, I'd kind of, like, I'd, I'd had a, that was a, being told that coming through the course and being um, one of only six, so there was 140 started the course yeah. and only 16 of us completed the course. Wow. Yeah. So, so it was a big attrition rate. So that was a massive thing. And, and, you know, like to be asked to come back after that felt like a huge failure. Like I was, I, I took that as a, as a massive, massive failure um, in not being, not being passed through straight away. Is that because, and let's expand on that a little bit, because correct me if I'm wrong, I know very little about the military, uh, but the little bit that I picked up around this is that they almost break you down to nothing and then rebuild you through this process. And then looking at not only your physical uh, and emotional, but also your mental approach, and it's often the mental approach that uh, people fall short on. They might tick all the boxes physically, but it's that that mental side of the equation that they're actually quietly looking at. Is is that why they ask you to come back at that stage? What can you expand uh, on that? Yeah, the two two. I'll answer two parts of that. You're you're absolutely correct in in the um in how that happens. They absolutely dissolve every part of you. So everything everything gets dissolved, and there's there's a there's a process for that. One is to co- totally dissolve and break you down, so that then you can be remolded. Um, you know, for to be both a both someone who can um, comply but be autonomous at the same time, and that's a really mm. it's an interesting it's an interesting way to be because you've got to be able to think on your feet, make really um, life threatening decisions in the moment. You know, call in. Uh, you know, you, you're you're tasked with calling in airstrikes. You're tasked with um, you know the 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 skill set is is obviously taking targets out with with as little damage as possible to uh, to other people around you know there's all these different things that they need to have this autonomy but but also someone who can um, make clear decisions and I think from in my case what let me down was the the maturity side the the, the maturity emotional maturity um, and the mental maturity. Uh, that I hadn't quite gained yet. I still had a very big victim mentality, okay. which is one of those points that I look back on and go, wow, you know, all the problems I had in the military came from me. Like they didn't come from people. I was, was always like, oh, why are people after me? Everyone's always after me, you know, <laughs> and I didn't realize that I drew that all to myself, um, you know, through through various things and growing up. So that, you know, to have that experience and and look back, on what I would what I considered one of the major failures in my life hmm. it was actually one of the greatest growth periods because what it did was it broke all the patterns I had it it broke me out of that pattern and it allowed me to to look at oh the fact that I had a victim mentality you know I was blaming people for the way things were I was blaming everyone else for for me failing in that and not noticing that and I wouldn't have noticed that Unless I had, and that, that's the, um, you know, the blessing of failure is that, um, and we, we've, we've read this in various different texts, is that it has the, 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 the seed of, um, of, of a success 
is in that failure. It's not the full blooming flower of success, but it's the seed. And so if you look for the seed in all the failures and it's going to be there, that is the only way you become successful. Yeah, There's 100%. A- I often say that you've got to break it to make it. And uh, yeah. uh, the, yeah. the old, that, that great book, The Obstacle is a Way, you, I'm sure you've probably read it, but it's just, it's flipping your it's head on. on. Yeah, there you go. Not- not yet. So, so that was a major that was a major turning point for me in in my life. And then when I got out of the military, um, this is a really interesting story. I actually went AWOL. I um, I left. I went on. I went on. Uh, I went on. Um, uh, uh, no, I didn't have the permission to go on the leave. I just went on leave, and it's actually where I met Angie. <laughs> Now, it's all your fault, uh, Angie. Hi, well, you know, breaking rules. Uh... Now, 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 I want to add something in here, Bushy. Like, I, um, I covered my tracks so that when I came back, I was, I could, um, basically justify myself in leaving. So I actually, um, you know, I actually, I had some paperwork set up to say that I could go on leave. So this comes all. <laughs> The reason I'm telling you this is because it, it comes full circle into something else that I learned in lessons and it comes into the property part of it when we get to that. Right. So what, so what happens, I went AWOL, I met Angie while I was AWOL, um, I got, I got they, they discovered I was AWOL while I was away and they were going to arrest me when I got back into the country. Mm. So I decided to stay in, in the US for a little while longer because I was in Mexico and I stayed in the US for the little while longer, which is where I met Angie <laughs> while I was, while I was at the very tail end of that. <laughs> so I got back to Australia. I had, um, only a few months left before my discharge. I managed to, um, talk my way out of the court cases that they wanted to put me through. Um, you know, they right to, got down to the last day. Now, what they said to me before I left is they said to me, if you come back to the military, we're going to try you and then you'll, you'll, you'll serve your punishment. So right in that moment, I was like, I'm not going back. <laughs> Funny about that. <laughs> I'm not going back because, you know, most people say, hey, you know, a lot of people that, that there are people that are that what happens to them is they just they they find that the system has entrained them so much that they they find it difficult to be out of the military. Mm. And what? so I so I came out with this absolute <laughs> thirst and hunger to go I have to, I am going to be successful at whatever it is that I do I I need to know how to be successful and and in in saying that to myself I'm like there's also these formulas. It's not just you just go out and grind and you're going to be successful. There's what, you know, there's, there's your mindset, there's your health, there's all these things that, um, you know, we, we mentioned offline um, uh, that you spoke about offline as well before this podcast. There's all these other areas that, that come into success. And so that was where I got interested in, okay, there's got to be something else. So when I got out, uh, I started a PT business. That PT business became successful, then it dropped right off and, and I completely lost the whole business, went through a massive, um, it, it, I, I was so sick at, at the bottom when we when we were looking at going completely broke, I was so sick I couldn't get out of bed and Angie just come to me and said, get up, you have to get up, like you've got to get up and we've got to get on with this. And- just let me, sorry to jump in there mate, uh, I'm really interested on uh, that that roller coaster. So it was successful. Why and then why why did it become, in your words, not successful? 
Yeah, okay. So really, really big thing. I had a huge thing around sales. Like I had a, a huge <laughs> unworthiness around sales. I'd been in the military. I'd never done any sales before. And it, frankly, the, the word sales made me cringe. I mean, my, my two daughters will make things in the house, go set up a stall out the front of the house, and they will sell stuff, and it still makes me have, like, this turn in my stomach. But what I do is I force myself to go and watch them because they are just in flow, and people love giving them money. Yes. They, you know, like, there's, a, there's an exchange. So I had a – my business sort of fell apart because of my um, – just an area that I wasn't looking at, and that mm. was sales. So and you, we, sorry, we, were all, we were also going from PT business to property investing. Oh, yes. There was a big transition that was happening at this time that Shane was like he needed to uh, to, to, to get good at his sales, you know, because we're selling oh, houses. <laughs> I, was so, I was so terrible at it. That's where we, we started. Like I was like, okay, what do we do? So we started going to seminars. And we went to um, we went to a few seminars, and we started learning about who was out there, and you know, people on stage, and we so we started doing that part of it, and that was really our segue or our journey through the whole kind of self development slash business development mm. side of things, and, and investing, and, yeah, and investing, and through that process, um, I at twenty three, I, I bought my first property at twenty three. Um, I had a friend of mine who was a builder and I actually, he was my flatmate and he said to me, um, he goes, Hey, he goes, you earn good money. He goes, you know, um, invest in some property. And they were selling some property at the time and it was in Darwin. And, um, before I knew it two two years into it, and this was while I was still in the military, I had, I had three properties mm. under my belt. Um, you know, and they were doing really well. They were in Darwin right before the, the 2000 and, um, Eight sort of 2000 and t that period of the of when everything sort of folded up and, and crashed out and it was in the lead up to that so what you know I looked at that and went wow you know I've got these properties but I'm but I'm still working still struggling there's got to be a better way to do this and mm -hmm. that sort of was the catalyst for me going what what else is there to do in property it's not just about buying and accumulating them it, there's something else to the whole story of property and that was kind of like all mashed into this you know having the business then we wanted to go to property because I everyone knows us as breathing people <laughs> I can tell you right now Bushy I am just as interested in investing I I geek out on <laughs> investing I've read so many different books on economics on cycles on you know stuff that's so tough to read yet there's one or two things that I pick up out of those books that I'm like, this is game changing yep. for the way that I look at investing. Yeah. T t talk to me, because you're right on my uh, interest pulse there. Uh, why property, Shane? What was the interest in property? Why do you think that was something that uh, you wanted you know, to invest in? Yeah. So leveraged money. So I there's think. two, well, there's two, there's two things to this. I want to, at the time when I was investing in property, I just, I'd heard that that is where you make your wealth, yeah. right? Fast forward to now, I see that it's a combination of having a business that feeds the cash flow. Property is where is the, is really the store of wealth. And you, you, then there's the three areas of property that, that I've come to know in the, 
in, in our journey, which is, um, you know, you have cash flow properties, you have ones that you acquire and keep, and you have um, something else that might be like a, a fix and flip. So we've done all of those different aspects of property ourselves um, to, to, to know them. So now our, our, um, our plan or how we have our finances structured is we have our business that is our cash flow that feeds everything. We have our property portfolio that's our wealth generation, um, wealth store of wealth. And we also have some money in the markets in, in a fund because we know that having that diversity is also a key aspect to it. So we have um, the flow through where, you know, our, our cash flow from our business flows into the property. The property keeps, um, you know, we keep reinvesting and purchasing properties. Um, the money in the markets is more of a liquid area. And so we have them all connected to each other and flowing through. Love and yeah, that's, that's how we kind of got to that got to that knowing and that that's come through from um you know look push it we've we've traded we've tried trading we've done um you know uh i'm not sure if you're familiar with um uh options and wraps absolutely we are, i actually traded cfds and whatnot but it, okay, before well, i got we, into property i got right into derivatives uh looking for massive leverage and got burnt pretty badly but i actually yeah. managed to well, get a deposit did, that went into property well, so we did it yeah we did yeah. it in property. We were we were wrapping. We were doing second mortgage carrybacks and wraps in property, which is another hugely interesting area. It's it's almost I think in Australia, interestingly enough, it's it's almost people frown upon it. Um, you know, it's a very interesting it's space too to far be in. out there. Yeah, it's, it's creative. Too creative. Yeah. yeah. So Love so it. we've had. We've had that experience with property as well, where we've done something that's kind of out of the ordinary, right? Um, and that was a that was almost a way of kind of generating cash flow from property, but yeah. not own the property. So yeah. there was a there, there was a point in two thousand uh, and fifteen and two thousand sixteen. It was the start of two thousand sixteen where in the the visit like we had cash flow coming in and we were in we were in our first commercial property development. You know, so we had a uh, you know like five million dollars of leverage that we were managing, and it was like one of those things where it was like there was a, we 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 actually stopped and had a look around us and went wow, there's a lot of stress around us. There is a lot of, you know, moving parts and it was quite often overwhelming. And Shane and I looked at each other and we're like, how come we still are enjoying life? You know, maintaining a relationship, relationship? family's great, kids are great. Like we're not yelling and wanting to strangle each other. Like what is it that we're doing that's creating us to actually enjoy this investment ride? That doesn't mean we didn't think about wanting to strangle each other. (laughs) We all have that. (laughs) You're not, you don't have a healthy relationship unless you have a robust discussion there and then do you guys you just have to be able to voice that you want to strangle them in that moment (laughs) do the work to get to the other side of it not strangling bit but (laughs) so i know so i know i'm kind of i know i'm kind of talking around here so I'll, i'll bring it back to so property was a property was a major component of of us moving forward and what we found is we found that we got to this commercial deal, which Angie just mentioned. So we'd, we'd done 13 residential deals and we were like, it's still, we, we, di- we still didn't know enough or didn't have the right structure for that to be providing us um, steady. steady income. We, yeah. we, were, we were asset rich, cash poor, 
And yeah. I'm sure a, a lot of people out there will, will, will you know, have, have totally. been in that position or understand it. Yeah. And we um, we came across this commercial deal where we got the we got the opportunity, or we, it was through the, the negotiations that we did, where we got the opportunity to take this property on an option. That means that it was a five million dollar property. We put a hundred k down, and we said to the owner, we said, "Look, we're going to take this property and we're going to renovate it. And if we fail renovating it, you get handed back a property that's fully renovated." And we said, all we ask is that you give us 18 months on, on a contract and then we'll, we'll, we'll complete the contract after that 18 months. Love it. And so we, we basically got control of this $5 million property for 100K. Nice. Um, we, borrowed, we, we borrowed funds and we did the renovation and we've completed, we, we've just completed that, uh, that entire deal as completely wrapped up just in the last few months. Mm. So it, we, we took it from end to end and we learnt so much mm. on that. And um, I guess one of the biggest things that I learnt was about uh, leaving money on the table, about, um, <laughs> you know, we got into many sort of, what, what would you call them, many al- altercations Pickles. Pickles. with, you know, people in various tents or whether it was in the deal, it was someone wanted something. And and we learned early on, this was a, a huge part of it, that if you give people some money back, then that kind of solves problems, even though it hurts. Like, you, like there was some people that were really, you know, just treating us very poorly and we were like, just give them some money back. And, and it was almost like magic. As soon as we'd given that money back, money appeared from somewhere else mm. or the deal flowed through or, mm. you know, things happened. So that was a really major thing for us. And that takes, you know, like for me, I'm, I was massively stingy. I never wanted to give money back to people. And I think a bold statement is that when we were able to manage ourselves around, you know, being connected to understanding if the ego is taking over or if we were being walked on or whatnot, like we did the work to, to uh, lack of better words, clear the energy. And this is where the breathing comes in for us is we were able to clear any of the sort of like heady things that come out, you know, the reacting, the reactions, you know, when you're reactive to, to deals or reactive to people yeah. or reactive to a moving part. In not, the not a great space, place to make a decision from. Not a great, we learned that one early on. And we're well, like, that's a big, uh, that's a big thing. What you've, uh, let's hone in on that because the listeners, uh, yeah. I think this is really worth, uh, picking up on because yeah. uh, any form of negotiation and particularly property that can be very contractual is by nature uh, built around conflict. So yeah. uh, if you're able to enter into a space that's looking outside of yourself, which is exactly what, what you've, uh, you know, I commend you on and having this ability so early in the, in the journey to be able to step back and say, well, it's not about win-lose. It's how do we create this win-win-win-win scenario? And if we give a little bit here, then perhaps that's going to create a mindset on the other side that allows to have a, a you know, th- this is the story of of uh, not focusing on the battle but the, the overall war and mm-hmm. getting the overall result. But there's not many people that and – the, and the system built around property doesn't really facilitate that sort of approach very often. So I, I commend you both on being able to take that very objective step and, and looking at the longer-term result rather than the, the immediate 
conflict that you might be trying to tackle. Mm, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Well, I think that's what's led us to have a, have a happy investing life. <laughs> well, life generally, I, I, what I'm hearing from you is that every your whole ethos is really yes. built around how can we eliminate stress in any form from our life? Am I right? Yeah. But some stress is, is needed, you know, like there is no growth without pressure. And so we have a look at it in that perspective rather than the why does it always happen to me or here we go again. It's like what can I learn from this and what sort of things can I put into place that this doesn't have to happen again. Yeah, I, I think also, Bushy, with the whole the whole stress thing, um, we've shifted across mm-hmm. to looking at the quality of our thoughts. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the quality mm-hmm. of your thoughts dictate everything. I mean, you are what you think, everything that happens um, in your life is, is uh, you know, comes from how you think, the, the people you surround you, yourself with. As Angie mentioned before, your willingness to step out um, from, a, from a situation and as you, as you also pointed out, look at win-win-win. We found that um, the, like the way that we've learned um, through our breathing is our breathing gives us that space. Mm. Like it literally is the, the, when, when you learn it, it's, it's the tool that enables you to just switch and take a, if you take a breath while you're listening to somebody, um, we've got a habit of listening through our nose. That's a, that's a thing that we do. And it's amazing the shift in one breath, Mm. but between what you're about to say and how you're about to react versus taking that breath and then you're all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't need to say that or I'm, or I'm just going to listen and all of a sudden things start working themselves out and it seems so simple, it's not easy, but it's hugely powerful, mm. like so powerful to, to have that, um, you know, and we're, we're, we feel really blessed that we've gotten to the stage where that is just a normal habit for us mm. to I do that. I love that. I, I, actually, it's really interesting you say that. Again, I... Uh, perhaps by accident, because a big part of being a, a podcast host is shutting up and and listening to your guests. And and as you said that, uh, Shane, I'm listening through my nose. I'm, I'm actually <laughs> very shallow breathing through my nose uh, to give you guys a space to uh, expound on the the wealth of wisdom that you're sharing with us. Hey, let, let's. I'd, I'd love to dive now right into that breathing space. And uh, given the the absolute transformational nature of the work that you're doing there. Uh, let's start, though, by can you talk to us about at what point did you both realise that breathing was such a key to and a foundational step to everything else? So how, did, how did you get there? Yeah, so it was uh, it's off the back for me. So <laughs> mine was off the back of a four-day breathing experience. And when I came back, I, there was a noticeable shift in how I was feeling. It was like, you know, the thing I mentioned before about, um, you know, I kind of knew it, but I didn't feel it. I finally got to the point where I felt it. It was like I had, it was like I had released a lot of the tension and anxiety that was stored in my body. And there was finally some space to have something else. And the, the turning point for me was when my girls were going crazy in the night, which that happens, you know, before bedtime, you know, sun goes down. The witching hour, yeah. The witching hour, yeah, and um, and that used to be the most difficult part of the day for me was that was that was that time, and 
I would react and I would, you know, sternly ask them to do this and stop doing that and do this. And then I'd get angry. And then, you know, it was, it sometimes my anger would take over. And what I noticed is that when I got back from that, it was happening. It was like the craziness was happening before me, but I was the calm in the middle of the storm. Mm. And I wasn't, I wasn't a part of the storm. Angie, sorry to jump in there. I want to go back a step even before that. And why did you even go to the four-day breathing experience? Because something in in what you guys were looking at at the time has suddenly gone, well, we need to look more at this breathing thing. Why did Mm. you do that? Um, Shane signed us up and said, I'm going. (laughs) (laughs) Where, where, like, where, where it came from is um, in my time in the military, I was training divers. So uh, unbeknownst to me, you know, we were training in breath holding. We were training mm. in the pool. We were always in cold water because preparing the guys for combat is – so there's, there's, you know, there's training an elite athlete and doing training, and then there's training someone for combat and mm. this this adds a different element to it the the training for combat you can't train to be cold you can't train to be hungry you can't train to be wet you know and, and uncomfortable it's mm. just it's not something that people usually do and mm. what i noticed looking back on those times of spending a lot of time in a cold wetsuit or spending a lot of hours in cold freezing water um you know down south and and all the different things that we did was that you felt energized mm. from from like there, there was just there was this different buzz of energy and I didn't realize it at the time until you know fast forward to a few years ago and um, you know um, cold immersion started to become really popular you know 2015 um, you had a, a whole lot of there was a neuroscience uh, talking about it then Wim Hof came onto the scene and kind of made it famous and and there was all these different things and and that was when the rise of sort of breathing kind of came in and breathing's always been around like when we met a lot of the um, different gurus and people that we trained with they'd been around for like 40 years 10 mm. years they'd been you know breathing has <laughs> Breathing's been around since people have been breathing. Right? <laughs> Tell me about that. <laughs> right? and, and what we noticed um, in doing the research is that breathing is mentioned in every religious, spiritual text scribed on stone tablets, scribed on, um, you know, on, on the Egyptian buildings. Every, like, you name it, there is a, there's a reference to breath, and breath is referenced synonymously to spirit. Or life force, so there's so there's this there's this reference in all the ancient texts to breath being your life force or your spirit, and so you know um, we didn't really we didn't really get into the spiritual side of of breathing straight away. We were kind of like let's look at this practical aspect mm. to it, mm. and once we both better. yeah once we'd both experienced a breathing session where you sit down and you focus on your breathing and you do different things with your breathing as i said before take it out of automatic and put it into manual drive it's like oh my goodness like this mm. whole thing opens up you have sensations in your body that you haven't mm. felt before or uh, you know it's a it, it is a very much a unique one of a kind experience that you have and it's it's unbelievable to people that haven't actually uh, done it before. People just go, really? And we're like, really? Like, mm-hmm. try it out. And to answer your question, getting to the four-day course, Shane put me in some cold and I didn't want to do it. And I was... I, I didn't put I you was, in Well, anything. no, I... 
I did choose to go in there because he's you. very persuasive. And he's a very good salesman and he doesn't think he is. <laughs> That's the best and ones. I know, right? So I got on the call and I, I realized um, after I was cursing him, <laughs> he says, why don't you try something different and let the cold in? And so I took a big breath and I just relaxed my body and I started crying my eyes out. And I realized just how much I was holding on to in life. Mm. And that was causing me to be very reactive. And it was disconnecting me from myself and from my children and relationships. And so when he said, we're going to this thing, I was like, yep, it just feels like I need to go. You get to experience experience a safe experience of vulnerability yeah Bushy, in 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 the breathing like you know because a lot of people are, are scared of that word they mm. think it's about losing something but when you can truly be vulnerable mm. physically in your body things shift mm -hmm. yeah. things change you you actually gain strength mm -hmm. and courage from it it's mm -hmm. a it's a polarizing kind of experience mm -hmm. that um you know and unless you know about it unless you go to someone who facilitates or opens up that space for you you probably just will continue to kind Kind of grind through life and not understand that there's such a there, there, there's such courage and strength that comes from practicing that vulnerability in your own breathing. Mm, it's, it's a bit of a fear breaker too, isn't it? Because oh, oh, totally, totally. Mm. totally. The cold water only adds that experience because when you're in cold water, you have to be present. You have to be in your body, so it brings you to being present. So there's a yeah, there, there's there's a lot of magic in these. Um, they're ancient rituals and ancient ancient traditions that have been around for, for you know, like I said before, we, we've <laughs> traced them back. You can find them everywhere and anywhere. Yeah, I, I think I read once uh, that, uh, and I, I can't remember whether, whether it's beyond the Romans or the Egyptians, that uh, when uh, an invading race was looking to uh, impoverish their competition, they'd, they'd break the noses off the statues uh, mm -hmm. as a way of breaking the spirit. Am I right in saying that? I, I don't know where I've heard that, but um, mm. it, and then that all all comes back to the importance of breath and that life force that you are talking about. So so can we, because uh, there'll be a lot of sceptics out there who go, yeah, come on, guys, breathing's just breathing. Uh, are there any simple uh, techniques that you could share that will uh, give the listeners the opportunity to go, wow, yeah, okay, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's there's two two in particular that are – now, this, this, here's the funny story before we tell you this technique because this is, this, is, this is like the the secret technique. And this made me laugh when this when first happened. One of our mentors, he said, he goes, I've been in breath work for 40 years and he goes, the most advanced breathing technique that he has found is a yawn with a with a sigh mixed into it. So you you basically circular breathe through the yawn. Now I wouldn't have believed it if I hadn't have actually practiced it and seen it, but literally your body already has the most advanced mm -hmm. breathing techniques inbuilt in you. So sighing and yawning, um, it, you know, we probably don't have time to go into the completely into the science of it, but these things activate parts in the brain. They, they, um, you know, they move the lymphatic system in the body. They have all these different things that happen in the brain when you do them. Now, what you can do is you can sigh and you can connect the sighs together. If you connect the sighs together in a looping action, 
that will bring up a lot of energy in the body. So if you're feeling like you're um, having the afternoon slump, you know, we always recommend to people you do this for, you know, even 30 seconds to a minute. If you connect some sighs together, one after the other, and, you know, the sigh is just taking a, a, a bigger inhale and letting the exhale go. And if you connect them together, even for 30 seconds or to a minute, you're going to notice that your body's going to start to to come up in energy. Think of it like, you know, when you see a plant that's wilting and then you add water to it and all of a sudden it starts coming up and perking up. It's kind of like that, only yeah. just with oxygen, with your breath. <laughs> no, I, I love that. It's a great analogy, Angie. Uh, and it's, it's, it's funny, you know, uh, uh, yawns and sighs are almost uh, – there's almost a negative connotation now. I, I, I often I often sigh without thinking about it. I just, uh, it's, just it's interesting, Bushy. A lot of that, a yeah. lot, of, a lot of that connotation comes down. Now, this, this <laughs> part, part of this is part of this is uh, parts that I've read. Part of it is opinion. So just uh, allow me to get be invited to express my own opinion on this. Um, <laughs> is that a lot of that comes from the, the control of people. So if you look at us coming out of the, the, the dark ages, the, you know, the church, the, all the authoritative um, areas never wanted people to get together and breathe together because, because the word conspire means to come together and breathe because what, what used to happen is people used to have independent thought. They used to have um, breaking of molds. They would, they would break through emotional stuff and that would, that would weaken the sort of the hypnotic rhythm of, of religion or of, you know, people trying to control other people, the breathing would actually break you out of those hypnotic rhythms. And so yawning and sighing mm. became this thing where it's, oh, it's rude to do that. You shouldn't do that in public. You know, it, it, it's kind of filtered down from that where they kind of, in a lot of the... Um, in a lot of the cultures, they banned people breathing. They banned them getting together and actually breathing. Yeah, they breathing. used to get arrested. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's that's really interesting. I had I had no idea about that. So yeah, that that makes sense now because I I often <laughs> I often just do it by I just do it. I just and someone will say, "What's wrong? Nothing's wrong. Yeah. Nothing's wrong. I'm just I'm just having a sigh. It makes me feel better." Yeah, it's the body's way of letting go of stress and tension. So we always say, especially in the corporate space, you know, we'll be talking to a lot of corporates that are very uptight and, you know, you have to do this and you have to do that and extremely stressed out. And when we just get them to take like, you know, 10 sighs, the, they, there is a distinct feeling of feeling different than what it was beforehand. Mm, I, actually, it's absolutely right. I used one of your breathing techniques before we started this morning. I just laid on the oh, floor it, and did the did the 30 and then hold the breath and then immediately put me in a really good space. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's, you know, the, let's face it, breathing is the accelerator for our body. We, yeah. we can put the accelerator down by inhaling more or we can we can go the other way and, and focus on the exhale and, and Slow thing, slows things down. Yeah, uh, yes. I'd love you to expand on that a little bit. So let's take an example. I've got a piano performance tonight, and I normally get a little bit anxious before a piano performance because you know I'm singing and playing piano. Uh, what would you 
be suggesting I do to calm some of the, the anxiety and the sweaty palms I'm likely to be experiencing as I'm about to walk up to the piano. Yes. Well, that was, that was my thing, you know, in my 20s when that happened, you know, that stopped me. And I found that when I came to Australia, it was not the stage. It was like the stage of life. So it happened, you know, when I would go for a job interview as well. So, yes, you can have a stage performance, you know, playing piano, but it also might show up, you know, going for a job interview. So we're even going to sell a house. <laughs> yeah. And so what, what we found is um, uh, the most simple form that, that I found uh, that works is that box breathing, uh, which is, you know, Shane, you can probably. Yeah, a lot, of, a, lot of people, a lot of people would know this as square breathing or box breathing. And what you're doing is you're inhaling. You count in your mind. So you inhale to the count of three. So inhale one, two, three. You pause at the top. One, two, three. Three, you exhale, one, two, three, and then you pause at the bottom, one, two, three, and just go around that one more time. So inhale, one, two, three, pause, one, two, three, exhale, one, two, three, pause, one, two, three, and then take a big sigh. Now, that particular breath does so much, uh, apart from controlling every aspect of the breath. How do you, how do you feel? Did you do that? Yeah, absolutely, you, I did. Yeah, I feel relaxed straight away. I, I've, I've yeah. got energy, but I'm relaxed at the same time. Does that make sense? It's, sort of, it's, it's both together. The Great. balance of the inhale, balance of the exhale, balancing of the holding at the top and at the bottom. And, and for all the control freaks out there, you're controlling every aspect of your breath. So when you feel out of control by, you know, if by feeling anxious or, or overwhelmed or feeling like you've got to do something or perform, when you can control the breath and, as Angie said, slow it down and balance it out, it re, you regain control. It slows the breath down. It brings all the body systems down. And the pausing at the top and bottom will allow you to focus in the stillness if once you learn this this process and we we um you know we have a a, a recording that we give people that's 3 minutes long and it, it's enough to get people focused so that they can go out and perform and do things and it's it's as simple as remembering a square shape yeah. And the interesting, the interesting thing is that, like, you know, Shane just said three minutes. You know, I quite often found myself going, I don't have time to breathe. <laughs> yeah. Which sounds like a dichotomy. But, you know, to, to, to stop and take conscious awareness of other, all the other things that we're doing for just three minutes. Shane and I, we've got these sand timers around the house that are three minutes long. And whenever we feel stressed, overwhelmed or too much or we need a shift in state or a shift in perspective, feeling depressed or yes. you know low on energy yep it's like you always have three minutes yeah. and so we we go and we sit down and Shane will sometimes put it in front of me <laughs> or sometimes he'll invite me to do it or we'll do the same for each other and we turn the that thing upside down and we just breathe while we wash the sand and then as it's completed it's like we always are like yes I always have three minutes yeah, I just love it. The uh, just for those listeners who are going, wow, I hadn't actually thought of this. And yes, it is simple, but it's so profound. Uh, mm. What's the first step for them in relation to uh, connecting with you to start uh, doing something positively that's going to potentially have major positive impacts on their life? 
Absolutely. Well, we've got uh, just on our website, we've got a breathing starter kit, which is a mix of all those three minute breathing exercises. We also in that kit, though, Bushy, we also did some designer breathing. So we've got a we've got a, a, a coffee shot in there, which if you breathe with that for three minutes, you'll feel like you've had about five coffees <laughs> like it, and, and there's no jitters afterwards. Um, we have. We have one to help people prepare for sleep because yes. we know that that's another major sort of health, you know, keystone habit for health is sleep is a, is a big one. And clearing the energy, um, you know, clearing your mindset to be prepared to go to sleep. So we've got a couple of little like designer breathing ones in there. Um, you know, we've created ones for uh, entrepreneurs that are about to do a sales webinar. We've mm-hmm. created ones for people that have difficult conversations, like need to fire someone or, <laughs> you know, or, or have got to go in and ask their boss for a raise, you know, those sorts of things. We've created um, you know, short, they're, they're breathing tracks that are between three minutes and 12 minutes, and they're specifically prescribed for things like that. Love it. Love it. That, yeah, that's really good. And I would highly recommend the, the listeners do it. Uh, it's, it's just very profound. As I mentioned to you offline when I did Buteco, given that I was a really bad asthmatic as a kid, uh, learning mm. to control the breath and using the, the breath almost as a, as a volume switch on what I was doing energetically was really profound. It's so simple. I didn't believe it at the start with. It was like, no, this cannot, this can't work uh, because you're sort of filled, our heads are filled with there's got to be a complex solution. There's got to be something I take that's going to sort this. I can't sort this out myself. It's, uh, have you th- found that in the people that you've come across, guys, in relation to flipping their lid on the sim- simplicity but the profound impact that breathing can have? Oh, yeah. Just if we had a dollar every time someone said, I didn't think I was going to feel like that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's your own. Huh? I say, I don't know, I say this, it's your own magic wand. <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like. Well, it, you know, the, the other thing too, Bush, and I, I, I'm very real with this stuff, is that, um, you know, a lot of people in you know, if you're in business or you're, or you're working in high level corporate job or you're investing or whatever, you're an entrepreneur, whatever it is that you do, you know, people, people need to get out of their head. They need, to, they need to have a way of getting out of their head. And now, unfortunately, people turn to alcohol. They might turn to, you know, watching copious amounts of TV or whatever it is to try and break that. Know to turn off or, or whatever it is. And some of the habits, um, you know, quite frankly, are, are unha- they're not good for you, you know. Um, you know, we've seen a lot of people that start drinking heavily when the stress comes on. Yeah. And this literally is a way for you to be able to get a high and break out of um, break out of the normal thinking or the normal trance that you're in. And it shifts your state so dramatically that, you know, we've had clients that have gone, wow, I've been able to get off alcohol. I've been able to stop drinking so much. Even smoking. Um, smoking, you know, they've been able to stop taking prescription drugs mm. even when they when they know that they didn't need to take them anymore. You know, there's been yep. lots of these different things that we've witnessed over the time and it really is a state shift. It's, it's really a really quick, easy go-to way that you can get, basically you can get out of your head, you know. Yeah. You, I, 
I think a lot of us like to be romanced by complexity, but I think we're entering into a new era where simplicity is going to be a craving, you know. So if we, the, the, for me, like I, I would always say to Shane, I'm like our most difficult client because I'm so, you know, we're, oh, we're building yeah. We're building a oh, business. Man. I've got kids. I've got, you know, relationships. There's a lot of a lot of energy that the feminine force holds onto. And we carry the energy of the household. The feminine energy carries the energy of the household. Because yeah. you know, I'm yeah. when I'm not happy, neither is anyone yes, else in the household. So, you know, that that can sometimes feel like a burden. So for me, it's a calling to be able to make this as simple and as easy as possible, because if people can feel better, they're a better mom and that's going to impact the next generation or they'll they'll feel better in their team and that's going to the big kicker is seeing it impacting teams and being able to catch things before it becomes a problem because you're not stuck in the head and the feeling miserable. Oh, that yeah, that 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 in it, like Angie, there was a lot in what Angie just said, and yes. what I want to highlight out of that, <laughs> the, the the main thing I want to highlight out of that is the the breathing will give you the space to give the other person the space to work out things that they need to work out. Mm. You're you don't have to intervene or try and you know try and force your happiness mm. on them or or feel responsible for someone else's happiness, and that. I think that's been a key aspect to, you know, we've been uh, married 11 years, we've, we've been together 12 years, we've got two kids and we continue to evolve and the way that we continue to evolve in our relationship um, to this current point is that giving ourselves the space to work out what it is for us that mm. that's upsetting us or that, you know, what we're trying to control and that allows growth to happen and it also allows you to then, um, you know, basically work in harmony with each other. And that that doesn't only go for your intimate relationships. It goes for all your relationships, mm. your relationships with your kids, with coworkers, you know, with friends, with all of this. It, it really does give you this, um, you know, we kind of call it like this magical bubble, <laughs> you know, that, that where you see everything slow down and you can take the time to make, you know, much better informed decisions about things. Well, it released a lot of pressure when I didn't have to manage him. All I had to do is manage me, you know, where all I had to do was sort myself out and everything else got sorted mm. out as a byproduct. Yeah, I love that. There's this, some this absolute gold. In my, and I, I could go down a uh, hundred rabbit holes <laughs> with what you've just covered there. But I, yes. I'm going to emphasize that for the listeners to listen, re-listen to what you both just said because uh, – there's there's some uh, life changing gold in what you've just said, uh, and it's certainly an entree I think for uh, those listeners who are really serious about uh, making some change in their life. They, life might be going well, but it can be going better, and life might be going so well, and you're looking for a, a way to make it go well. You, you've just given them the the start button with what you've just just said there. T- tell me two quick questions before I jump into the ambush because I'm mindful yep. of your time. Uh, and you've covered it off. I, I love the way you two integrate. So, uh, you know, I often talk about the power of two with myself and my wife. How how important is your support of each other to where you're at and where you're heading? Mm. Well, I was engaged twice before I got married. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I I kind of learned a lot about what I didn't want and what I did want was was somebody that was willing to do the work for them for himself and also give me the space to work without judgment or condemnation or 
in criticism as well. Um, I, I think that because we have respect for each other and we're always honest with each other, um, meaning that we have the rapport that we could say, hey, um, you know, I mean, there was a point in our relationship where we're like, hey, you know, I'm not attracted to you anymore. What is, what's going on? And so we went to work on, okay, well, what do we need to do around that? So I think it's, it's, it's being able to change and evolve together. Yeah, I, I think for, um, you know, everything that Angie just said, then I totally resonate with. And I, I also understand that, you know, it's, it, it is in the quality of your thoughts and how you both harmonise with each other. And, you know, it goes back to what we just said before about giving each other the space to, to, um, to do the work on yourself and not hanging your happiness on each other. Mm. And, you know, um, also catching the, the contempt, you know, or the, or the, the resignation that you, you know, in, in relationships. Um, you know, I've seen many relationships where you kind of look at people 10, 20 years down the road, they, they very much dislike each other, but they don't know why. Mm. You know, they're in a marriage and, and they're, they're kind of like that they'll, they'll have arguments or they'll never quite have it. And, and I think it comes from, not address, as Angie said, not addressing things straight away or having the courage and having the openness and the space to do it or having a practice that allows you to do it. That's what the breathing really mm. also does for us is mm -hmm. it allows us to clear our own stuff so we can have an adult to adult conversation when we do have the conversation. <laughs> mm. um, and, you know, they're, they're, they're all encompassed in, in a great relationship. I've found personally that um, having Angie's love for me is something for me to to um, to have that's that's real and that's solid, and I think that that's important from from a male aspect. If you don't have that, if you don't have that solidness, you can kind of you know all sorts of things can grow in your mind and 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 take you off, um, you know, and and cause all all manner of problems in your relationship. So it's being able to really establish that with each other being being having open communication and obviously having you know both our minds come together we we spoke about this offline Bushy and you express the same thing in your relationship both our minds come together and form something else and and we get so much stuff done because we're you know we we are flowing with each other we we do know what each other's thinking we're aligned on um, the ideas we have, we um, we come together and, and um, appropriately clash our ideas together until we get a, a workable solution out of it, and we're okay with that. We're okay when um, when one wants to go one way and the other one doesn't, and you know we just have the conversation with each other about how important it is. Well, we read this quote the other day: "Change the person or change the perspective." <laughs> I'm changing the. Person not you know in our in our scope here so we're yeah. always looking at how we can change the perspective love that i love it and there's a there's an over overriding circle of safety that sits within everything that you've spoken about where there's absolute unconditional acceptance for each other and it's not a question yeah. of i'm not going to be around i'm going to give you the yeah. space to work things out and we'll we'll sort of uh, ride with the flow as we go so I, 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 you beautifully expressed that guys thanks that's that's Awesome, and a great, some great takeaways there for the, the listeners in their own relationships. One final question before I jump into the, the ambush round. Uh, what do you believe is the secret to long-term sustainable success? And I, I underline the word sustainable in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. 
<laughs> I would say that in itself, uh, letting go, uh, uh, letting go is an important aspect to, to sustainable growth. Um, for, I just, I'm always looking at how I can let go of things. I don't know. I'm, I'm going to go straight to what is closest <laughs> to me. And that is that, um, you know, your, your breathing is truth. Like, um, if you think about it, you know, truth is one of these things that a lot of people go, well, is it true for me? Is it true for other people? And it, it, it it's everything. It's, um, you know, everything is a half truth. Like it can be right for each, each person. <laughs> but if you think about your body and you think about your, your mind thinks, your heart pumps, you know, your blood circulates and you breathe, your breathing is a truth. So if you can come back to something as simple as your breathing, I've found personally I get every answer I ever need when I can sit and focus on my breathing. Like my, my thinking yeah. clears up, um, you know, I, I can move on heavy moods or anger or disappointment, you know, um, you know it, it can increase the joy and elation that you feel. So mm. I just think that the that, you know, um, one, one of my really good friends um, and mentors, um, Alex Scharfen, he said that um, breathing is a gateway drug to success. And I love that. I love when he said it. He goes, you can quote me on that. He's, he's a very cool dude. He, and I, I just love that um, as, as a um, just, I guess, as a quote or a saying. Oh, I love it. I tell you, it's uh, the most natural alternative you've got to uh uh, really be enjoying life at, at, at any point in time and having, having that, that switch there that, that's completely on, it's, it's sitting there bubbling away doing its own thing, but the moment you want to do something with it can be quite transformational, mate. So that, that, that's, that's gold, guys. Hey, I, 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 I'm going to get you guys back on again because I think we've only just scratched the surface, uh, today. <laughs> you know, there's a lot of other stuff I'd like to dive deeper on, but, um, I know you've got some other commitments. So jumping into the the ambush series, which is just five quick questions that the listeners all uh, love to hear our guests' views on. And you've given me one already, which may be it, uh, Shane, but what's your favourite quote and why? Mm-hmm. Well, that quote, that quote I just mentioned is, but also uh, my own my own quote, it's not in the words, it's in the practice. It is something that rings true for me uh, in so many ways because I've found that consistency in a practice is, you know, I've seen that all the gurus that I've met, the one thing that's common about them, and they're not, you know, they're not great in every area of their life, but the one thing that's common about them is that they're consistent in a practice that they do, something that consistency in a practice just fuels this self-confidence that you don't get from anywhere else. And when you're proficient in something, there's a there's a presence that you have. So it's it's not in the words; it's in the practice. is the is the best quote that I mm. that and, I live by. And I've found myself as of lately saying um, this this quote that there is no beginning without an end, uh, and it's just being really good at letting go of old ways to become who you need to become. Gold, guys. I'm, I'm, <laughs> I love your insight. Absolutely love your insights. Both of those are absolute pieces of gold right there. And, I'd, uh, and uh, yours, Shane, really resonates with me as well because I, it's the uh, – unfortunately, discipline's become a dirty word in, in a lot of people. So I, I, I now call them happy habits, but uh, it's exactly the same thing. 
if you do something consistently for long enough, uh, your passion grows, your proficiency grows, your enjoyment grows, your fulfilment grows. Everything comes from that consistency. And I'm like you, I'm a student of success. Every single person that I've studied who's achieved that sustainable success has just believed in the long term, uh, hasn't focused on the short term and just consistently keeps on doing the do. And, and you're just listening to you both today. It's absolutely crystal clear. Not only are you smart enough to be asking the right questions, but you're doing the do. And it's the doing the do. It, it, you can think until you drop, but it's mm. doing it that actually makes the difference. So, uh, and as I say, you're living, walking examples of, of exactly what you're talking about there. And, and breath is the easiest, but, but most, uh, impactful place to start so awesome uh flipping to uh the top book that you'd both recommend and why yeah oh i love it i'm the book i'm reading at the moment bushy is called how to outwit the devil okay and it is it's napoleon hill's last book that he wrote and it only got published a couple of years ago but it's the follow-on from think and grow rich right and the book is (laughs) phenomenal like absolutely phenomenal. Um, yeah, it's a it's a really interesting read. Totally, totally. That that's the the top book that I've read. Brilliant. Well, I, I'm I'm in, in the, his first book is just about a bible for me. It's, it's the most dog-eared, uh, scribbled on, highlighted book I've got in my collection. There you go. The the next one has come <laughs> to you now. Brilliant. You just give me the the best thing I'm going to do with my Christmas reading. Thanks, Shane. So that's awesome. What, what about yourself, Angie? Have you got one that um, really resonates with you? Uh, yeah, I've written so much. It just depends on the point in life where I'm at. But I would have to say, if I were to distill it down to one, it's probably the concepts that I got from The Magician's Way. Uh, and the reason why I say that is because that was kind of like the first um, iteration of getting turned on to the thought prospect that I could be an alchemist in my own energy, mm. where I can be in absolute control in if I want to feel good or if I don't. Yeah. Yeah, that's all in your hands. Yeah, that's that's, that's gold as well. This one's a little bit left field, guys. Uh, uh, a lot of Aussies feel like they pay too much tax, so they're always looking for people's views on legally uh, what's the top thing that you've done to minimise the tax you pay. Where does that sit with you guys? <sighs> well, if we account for everything... Uh, it makes a difference because then we take everything to our accountant and he can say, yes, we can do this. We can do this. We can do this. Um, I think uh, in investing, we've invested in tech companies that have machines. Uh, and probably the best thing that we've done is being able to claim the appreciation on that. And that was a really big purchase. Mm. Um, and, and also just um, probably continuously reinvesting so making making like when money comes in, rather than taking it and putting it into our own hands, reinvesting it straight away uh, has also been able to give us some breaks. I, I think it's um, been the structures that we've put ourselves in, Bushy. Yeah. We, we've made the mistake of of trying to go too early into a trust and not yeah. understanding what it what it is. Yeah. We've we've made the mistake of of listening to people as say, oh hey, you can do this hybrid thing and this thing over here when really it comes down to staying simple staying within the guidelines of the ta- i mean we're, we're so if, you know the other thing too yeah is 
if you're making money, you're going to be paying tax. It's yeah. just, just how it is. And I, I really always love what Kerry Packer said about, um, you know, it, it's his right to, to sort of pay as little tax as he, as he can. And, you know, everyone was in uproar over it when he said, but he's right. I mean, that's, you, you see that laid out in, um, in, in most things and some very famous economists, you know, in the US, they've all said the same thing is it's just, if you can legally minimize everywhere you can, and I think structures do that, they help you do that. And yeah. also, you know, having your money invested, as we know, in, in property, um, in things that are, uh, you know, um, you know, having, having your super sorted out, things like that are mm. all ways that you can start to minimize um, your tax. So yeah, there's, I, I think that that's really. The other, the other way that we look at it is how are we, uh, what kind of energy are we paying tax in? And when I say that, I mean, like, are we paying tax? Like I'm bitter, like, oh, I have to give money. Yeah, to that's an important because thing. Because that's going to breed the seed of more of that going into the future. So why would you want to get more money if you're going to pay more money? So you may actually unconsciously be sabotaging yourself and <laughs> making more money if you do that. Good call. <laughs> Very good call. I, I've always said that, uh, Paying tax is a great problem to have because it means you're making money. So yeah. uh, I, I don't shy away from it. But as you well pointed out, Shane, it, it's paying the minimum amount that you're legally obliged to, to do so. And there are a lot of very good techniques that can be applied if you've got a sensational accountant and you ask the right questions uh, based on where you're heading, where you're at and what you need to do. The right structure, the right entity can make a world of difference so absolute gold um back on the investment subject then so uh you've had a wealth of experience across a whole series of different investment classes uh what's the worst and the best piece of investment advice that you've both received today Oh, oh, so the first thing that came to mind when you said that was, I remember when we paid like $10,000 to learn how to trade and we realized that we were not traders. We don't want to be trading. It's not something that's our thing. So why are we trying to force ourselves to do something that's not in our, in our thing? You know? I'll, I'll go off the back of that bushy and say that investing is boring and boring <laughs> is profitable. Like it, it's and not, is fun. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not this high paced, you know, that's, that's the, exactly to Dandy's point. The lesson that I learned was that, um, you know, real wealth and accumulating it comes from very simple, not over complex things like, you know, having it in the right portfolio in property, having it, uh, the right type of fund, um, if you're into shares and, and also having your business, um, efficiently working to provide you cash flow. So, you know, what they, they have been really the, the, the golden things that we've learned is that, um, don't go looking for sexy, you know, don't in, in investments, don't go looking for, you know, usually the, the biggest deals or the, you know, the things it, it kind of, if you wind it all back and have a look at, like if we look at what's worked and what hasn't worked over our investing career, it's been all the boring stuff that's worked. And and some of the other kind of high level, like high, high risk stuff hasn't. I'd say probably the best practice as well is what Shane said before, and I want to reiterate it because it's so important, is being willing to leave money on the table. Mm. Um, when we've done that before, we've always doubled, we've always doubled what we would have made in that totally. project somewhere else. So it's almost like, you know, I didn't call it, call it whatever you want. I mean, money's energy. So, you know, it might be out there, but I'm, we're a firm believer that we've seen this time and time again, the more we're willing to, to leave on the table and, and um, allow for money to flow somewhere else, it always does. 
Well, it's interesting uh, drawing those analogies together and again, some absolute gold there, thanks guys. I, I sound like I'm listening to myself when you guys talk. Uh, <laughs> but I've often said that uh, money is the, uh, the, the air of the commercial world. So just as you focus on yeah. your breathing and the supply of your breathing, the moderation of your breathing helps the way you live, yeah. money is the commercial equivalent. So if you're yeah. moderating uh, and being abundant with your money, just as you've said, leaving money on the on the table, then that's going to fuel your freedom. There's absolutely no yeah. question in my mind that that's – and they're actually, again, circling around the same beliefs and the same value system. So uh, love what you're talking about there. Uh, final question uh, in, in the, the ambush is a personal habit that contributes most to your – Success today, and I'd probably like to focus here on the on the daily ritual, or let's focus on the morning ritual, maybe, because uh, again, this is something that people I don't think make time for or think enough about, because it can really set up the day. And and I'm absolutely religious about my morning ritual. I put all the big fun stuff in first, and I'm ready for the day. Then I'm I'm actually energized with a smile on my face, ready to to do the do. Can you t- talk us through uh, your uh, morning rituals and and the importance of breathing as a part of that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the, this is this is one that's very dear to us. It, it is so, it, it, and it only has to be very simple. Um, you know, first thing in the morning that we do when we roll out of bed is, well, me personally, I drink water straight away. I, I drink. I, I make sure that I drink a whole like probably a 300, 300 mils of water straight up. And there's a whole lot of reasons behind that. Um, and from there, I'll go and um, I'll go outside and move, get outside into the light. It doesn't have to be direct sunlight, but better if you can. But get outside and just do some movement. Um, you know, stretching. Uh, there's a the, the five Tibetan rites. If you look that up, um, Bushy, it's a, it's an amazing little um, sort of combination of movements that has a lot of power in it. And then I'll go and sit and I'll breathe and then do a gratitude ritual for all the people that are involved in my business life, you know, my life, my kids, you know, all the people that I'm in contact with, I ha- I bring them to mind and, and actually, um, you know, send them some energy, you know, in, in, in a certain way or put some focus on them um, with gratitude. Um, and then following that, I'll journal down um, or set up for the day. What do we need to do for the mm-hmm. day? We'll write down all the things that we've got to get done. We'll write down where we were uncomfortable um, yesterday. We'll, we'll also write down anything else and then Angie and I align on that. Um, and, you know, that, that can all be done within sort of 30 or 40 minutes mm-hmm. um, depending on how much time. So they're, they're the different elements that I have. Um, in in my morning routine, and it's quite simple. And I wasn't always a morning routine uh, person. I wasn't even a morning person. Shane would always be jumping out of bed, and I'd be rolling out of bed, <laughs> grumpy. <laughs> and what I found is that even just stopping to take like 10 to 20 big um, inhales and letting go, um, and then uh, quite often I'll journal my dreams or I'll sit and, and meditate on what my dream is, and then I'll pick up, um, you know, so, uh, any, any sort of lessons or learning that there is from um, you know what's happening in the unconscious mind while I'm while I'm sleeping, uh, and that that's that in itself uh, by breathing and and taking in lessons, it's like it like what I said before about pouring water on the wilting plant. It all of a sudden wakes up my body, wakes up my brain, wakes 
up my systems. And then Shane brings me water, which I absolutely love. And I'll have that. <laughs> and then, you know, then it's the girls are up and then it's into the morning routine with them. And it's, you know, getting them into some sort of a routine or, you know, getting them off to school and such. So but we always take that time for ourselves first because it's like fee- it's fueling our own battery life before our giving it out to other people. You win the morning, you'll own the day. Mm. Wow. And it's, using that old analogy, you're giving yourself the oxygen mask first. But if, if you're in a plane before you, then yep. give it to the others because you're in a better position to be able to do that. And what I love about what you've said there, Angie, is the journaling your dreams because that excites us, that motivates us, that gives us vision and direction. And mm. then everything else that we've been doing day to day is about how we're going to make that happen. So love that. Absolutely love that. That's absolute gold, guys. I, again, I, I feel like I'm skating here because there's a lot of stuff I'd really like to delve into. So with with your uh, agreement, we'll get you back on at some stage uh, yeah. to, to go deeper into that because I just love your energy, guys. It's just uh, very motivational. Um, final question, though, before uh, you need to, to uh, move on is um, if I gave you a microphone that spoke to everyone in the world, that's all 7.7 billion of us, and I gave you one minute to talk, what would you say? The interesting thing is I think that people hear a lot all the time and then there's a lot of noise and there's a lot of pressure. I actually feel that if we just took a minute to just breathe and be with ourselves and hear our own thoughts and learn how to let go, that there might be something different by increasing the awareness of something else other than the noise and the pressure. What, what I would add to that is I would add to that that the quality of your thoughts are everything. And when people learn to think for themselves use their own mind, and I would relate that to breathing and how breathing allows you to clear your thoughts or allows you to have foster more quality thoughts mm. that I would spend a little bit of the time breathing as well and um, and just bringing that to people's attention that it's the quality of their thoughts. If that comes up, everyone will treat everybody, mm. um, you know, in, in, a, in a more appropriate way, in a better way. It doesn't mean that there's always going to be harmony because that's life. Um, so there's, but there's always a way to bring yourself back into harmony with your breathing. Mm. Mm, absolute gold again, guys. Uh, you, you're, you're full of gold, you two. Um, <laughs> what's next new and exciting for you guys? And, and for those that are as excited about our conversation today as, uh, as I am, how, how can people get in touch with you and start working with you to take advantage of all the, the, the the simple but synergistic uh, opportunities that uh, you can help them to transform what they're doing. Yeah, well, we um, we're currently working on uh, working just one to one with people at the moment. What we're finding is that there's a lot of impact, and we're also gathering what is it that's going to make 
um, the biggest difference in the shortest amount of time. So we're currently running, you know, pilot programs, getting that sort of information to be able to digitize it. And, you know, win-win uh, for everyone. We get the opportunity to learn how we can better serve people. And um, then we have, you know, our clients that come to us that are in a better place to make decisions and have been able to take their business um, and have some of the biggest months that they've had in the last few years. So it's really rewarding for us to be serving people um, as well as looking at how we can better serve people. Mm. And so the probably easiest way to find us would be on breatheme.com um, and getting in touch with us. And we're going to be spending some time in the States um, next year as well. So coming back and forth between Australia and the States. So well, new and exciting time. We're looking forward to a roaring twenties. <laughs> yeah, our, um, our, our uh, Facebook group, we we um, live stream breathing sessions in our Facebook oh, yeah, group all the time, really The Breathing Edge. Um, that's a great place to come to learn about um, who we are and what we're up to. And we just we love to talk about all things breathing in there. Um, we love to solve and prescribe things for people that are having issues um, with anything, and we can prescribe breathing for that. So that's, that's where people come for that um, uh, that information. Hmm. Yeah, awesome, guys. Look, uh, you've been very generous with your time, and uh, I, I, I knew this was going to be good. I didn't realise it was going to be this good. Uh, I love the mission you're on. I love the energy and the passion with which you're communicating life-changing changing messages. I'm looking forward to continuing to follow your path but also uh, be introducing people to you that can start to benefit the, way, the same way that you're walking your own talk. So uh, keep up the great fight and uh, thanks for spending time with us today. Thank, Thank you, Bushy. Awesome, guys. Talk soon. Bye. Well, Freedom Fighters, how good was that? To get a summary of all this investment gold in the show notes, just email me on hello at khgroup.com.au. That's H-E-L-L-O at khgroup.com.au. Or check us out at www.bushymartin.com.au forward slash get invested. I look forward to joining you next week for another episode of the Get Invested podcast. So thanks for listening. And as always, dream as if you live forever and live as if you die.